All right. Here Let we me. go again. Uh, yeah, so we had some technical issues there. Um, essentially, uh, when Adam was leaving the stream, uh, he ended the broadcast. Adam, <laughs> so, Adam uh, will no longer be joining us on the Irish Bears uh, show. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he dra- the, the deadline is just gone. Adam, you're so lucky, man. The draft deadline is just gone. <laughs> we, 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 we would have sent you to like the Irish Kansas Bear, or Kansas City show for like a seventh rounder or something for that. <laughs> we're back anyway so we're back what we're are we back. talking about i don't know <laughs> we're, moving, we're, moving, we're moving into i think uh, we were all making really really solid points and uh, and honestly i don't I have no idea uh, what we were talking about well we've got someone back dark is back come on yeah, matt's coming back as well look at they're all flying in it's oh, like God. it's like calling back the flock come back <laughs> Come back, got, my pretties. We have, we have two people in here. I think there was like 70-something people that were in the other one. So, guys, if you were in the other stream, please do come back so we can continue our chat and we can keep getting your questions. But, yeah, look, we will continue on because, uh, yeah, I've completely lost, like, my trainers thought of where the fuck we were. Um, so yeah, look, we'll just we'll just continue this. I think we were talk we we're about to talk about our like Miami Dolphins. Trade. Oh, Miami Dolphins. Let's just go yeah. into that. Um, yeah, and we'll just this will just be like the preview for that because <laughs> I don't even know what to go, so first, what to go on. So the first part of the show was with Adam. The second part of the show, part B, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk dolphin stuff. And look, I I I I don't know about you guys, but the optimism part of me has been taking over and I've been literally sitting there going, do you know what? I'm looking forward to this weekend to watch Justin Fields run wild and to have players that he can throw the ball to and look forward to it. And every single time, Miami Dolphins remind me a lot of like the Minnesota Vikings. They're the kind of team you see them on your on your, on your schedule and you're like, yeah, I can see us winning that. Even though they've got all these superstar players and Chubb is coming into them, come into their into their defense now, but and they've got Tariq Hill and they've got all these other things. I just look at the Miami Dolphins team and it just reminds me of of a Minnesota team that you can actually have a go at and give them a go. Uh, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to to the game this weekend for that reason. I think it's going to be a slugfest. Yeah, do you know the the thing is right? I was I know we were talking about the Miami Dolphins apparently hanging up a lot of points on the Bears and and based off the fact that our defense hasn't been phenomenal uh, against the run, but see if you look at the points that we've conceded, uh, the 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 Dolphins have scored in each of their games this year. So the first game they scored twenty points, so all right, forty two points against the Ravens in week two, and then it was twenty one. 15, 19, 15, 17, 16, 16, and then 31 against the Lions last week. So they're not scoring a shit ton of points for having this offense, which is meant to be hugely dynamic. Um, so if I'm, I'm looking at that situation, I'm like, you know, fair enough. If we can, you know, scheme properly defensively and have the coaches get this team prepared, there's a situation where, and the way that our, our offense is going as well, we're scoring 30 points a game now. Because that's the type of team we are. We are a 30-point offense per game team. If we can do that, I'm very optimistic at the moment. And I, and I know that might be absolutely fool's goal to be saying anything like that. But um, I'm with you, Ant. I'm, I'm full of optimism for this team at the moment. And I feel like, based on how many points do Miami are scoring per game, why can't we win? We're at home. 
We're, we're, we're not, you know, it's cold in Chicago. Dolphins don't like the cold. They like the warm uh, <laughs> waters. That's, 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 my favorite, <laughs> that's my favorite quote of Tony's ever. Dolphins don't like the cold. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that's that's 100%. Ah, look, I, I, I'm with you. I think I think everyone's looking at this game like they were looking at the, the New England game and was like, oh, we're not going to, we're, we're in for a bit of a bad day here. And I, I just don't see it. I think these guys, especially the likes of Iberfus, takes home field as a big, big issue for them. And I think they really want to, to after the performance they put up against Washington, we were there, we know. They, you kind of want them to just perform again this week. And look, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing guys on the field who want to be on the field as well and, and going to give it their all. And sure, we'll talk about our, our defense and the, the malfunction that was last week. I just feel that Iberfus won't let that happen two weeks in a row. I just, I just don't think it'll happen. Neither do I. I really don't. And you know, the interesting part will be though, because we've seen how much of a, a sort of impact not having Robert Quinn was last week. Um, now, admittedly, Robert Quinn hadn't made a particular impact in the game as such um, in, in the weeks prior to that. But I think maybe even just his presence in the locker room for the defensive team there was maybe a you know took a bit of a hit there i'll be interested to see what happens without roquan um is it going to be you know that mentality of you know losing another brother in the locker room sort of thing or are they going to bounce back and as we talked about before you've got other inside linebackers that have to go out there to take a claim jack sanborn you know that's the big name at the moment everyone wants to see go out there and play well is Nicholas Morrow going to be able to sit, fit in at uh, the weak linebacker position and do just just as good as, as Justin as uh, Roquan Smith has, has been playing? I mean, arguably, if you look at Roquan's performance, you know, I don't think Nick Morrow could be, you know, that far off um, in terms of what's what's going to really be the drop off there. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry uh, again, you've just joined Berlissimo, but we had a technical <laughs> malfunction called Adam. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> It just ended the stream, but anyway, we're back. Um, I think I think this, he does ask a good question now, Tony. And sorry, Karen, for kicking across here. But the run defense look will look better without Roquan, right? And and I think Berlissimo brings up a point about Roquan again. I say what I said on the other show. Roquan's a fantastic NFL player. He's a fantastic footballer, and he'll do really well, I think, up in Baltimore. But whether he was the right fit for what Eberflus wanted, for what Williams wanted, and whether what happened in Dallas was just the tip of the iceberg for the for the team to go, yeah, okay, now we move on, move on from him now. And I think, I just think Morrow's probably going to surprise a few people. I think he's been slowly building up a little bit of a, a case for himself to be to be um, extended at the end of the year. And I think there's, there's some really interesting parts of what Morrow will bring to the game. And I just feel that with the, it's one it's one of two things. When your leaders are taken away, either one of two things happens. What happened in Dallas last week, which is just, oh my God, this is disastrous. Or they all get together and go, okay, who's going to step up now? Which one of you guys is going to step up? Who's the guy that's going to be the person to step up on him? And I just, I'm just excited to see what Sanborn does, if it's him, whether it's Morrow deciding, you know, this is my linebacking room now. I'm going to decide what we're going to do. 
And I think it's really important that you get the likes of Eddie Jackson on the field. You get Gordon again, another week in a row of, of progress and Brisker. And those guys are the ones that need to be the leaders of this team and need to be the people that that really push on, push this defense on and take it over. Because the, 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 I know I know Berlissimo says Roquan is a leader, but the perceived leader in the in the locker room, they're gone now. So who is going to be the person that stands up and goes, I'm going to be there? I can see this Bears defense having a comeback game. Because let's forget, forget the Dallas game for a minute. Take that out. The defense was doing okay. Defense really was doing okay. Look at the points we conceded in the second half of all the other games. It was under it was under two digits. So I, I, I just I'm just excited to see what they go and do this Sunday. As much as I'm excited to see what Justin does with his with his offensive weapons that he's now getting, I'm as excited to see what, what the defense does as a kickback. I think this is an interesting point though. This Roquan isn't a leader. Now this goes back to what I was saying earlier on about Roquan playing for Roquan, um, especially in that Monday night game where he was obviously balling out because he was in the shot window. And in other games, he just looks a bit sort of lackluster. Um, there was questions over tackling, there's questions over effort, there's questions over, you know, getting to your man and all that kind of stuff. And I think, maybe you know, there's something in it. And I think it's part, probably part of the reason, you know, why, why they let him go. But, you know, arguably speaking, you, you can look at the guys that we've got um, in, in the inside linebacker position that are remaining um, and this is an ideal opportunity for guys like Jack Sanborn to step up. Sterling Weatherford is another guy that you keep an eye on because he um, obviously, if you just have to watch that guy play, it's absolute intensity, like in every sort of play that he's involved in. Um, and, you know, we've brought in AJ Klein, who probably is going to be a Sam linebacker in this setup. Um, but there, there's, there's options there, and there's guys that are chomping at the bit. They kind of really make us to stake a claim here, and they're also different players to Roquan. Roquan is also one of those types of players that's trying to get across the field and all this kind of thing. You know, we've got we've got guys that are going to run downfield and take on and take on runners, and hopefully that improves that running game. So I think Berlison, well, you might you might not be wrong when you say that the running game could arguably get better without Roquan involved in it. Uh, it might sound sensational at the moment, um, and and merely off the back of him not wanting to be here and us getting rid of him. But there's an argument to be made that we have to see it on the field first. But I think it, it, it could it could actually be um, a, a reality. Um, but again, it's, it's all about opportunity. Next man up. This this is it. If this is a team that's building from the bottom and moving in the next season, all these guys that are on one-year deals, if you don't go out there and ball out, you're not going to be in any fucking team next year, never mind on the Bears. Do you know what I mean? So, and that guy goes for guys like Jack Sanborn as well. Like, you know, fair enough, you've got all the hype and you've got all the preseason hype, but you need to do it when it's real and when it's Sunday. And if, if you can't do it, then it doesn't matter. So here's your opportunity now, uh, wee man. So go there and, and do your thing. But, but but going back to Weatherford, I really like Weatherford, and I think he could be, um, could be a, a future... Uh, favorite of the fans, but we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, it's look, it's going to be interesting as we go as we go forward here. The defense is uh, look. I think it was in in the old stream that we had one. Of, I can't remember the commenter, but they were mentioning about the defense and how it's going to look really bad and stuff like that. And look, at the end of the day, it can't look much worse than what we saw against the Cowboys. Like it was that was. Terrible to the point of where they just weren't stopping anybody. So look, I and you mentioned it in in the other stream, Tony, that I think that 
this team it's not gonna look good defensively like they're like the Dolphins are going to score a lot of points but I feel like the Bears could also score a lot of points in this game because the Dolphins defense isn't anything to write home about either while they have some good they have some good rushers and stuff like that they make a lot of mistakes they're not a very well coached team overall they're actually one of the worst teams in terms of penalty count um so there is going to be ways for the bears to attack these the problem is going to be they have an insane amount of talent on offense they have Jalen waddle they have tyreek hill tua has had an, a phenomenal year they're not really using mike gusecki but he's a really good player as well and the bears have struggled to be able to stop tight ends we saw that with dalton schultz and in the last game. So this team, they, they do worry me in terms of, I think the defensive performance could be pretty ugly. Um, but if it's not, and this defense actually comes together and they play well as a unit, I think we, we started mentioning how positive people are in terms of like Claypool and the offense. If this defense can come together and realize, okay, it's not just Roquan. This is the defense. It wasn't a one person defense. We can still be good without Roquan Smith, we can still be good without Robert Quinn, or we can be at least serviceable to where we don't look embarrassing. I think that's that's really, really beneficial because if you actually look at the rest of the year, the only offenses that you feel really, really worried about for this defense, Buffalo, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Miami. The three offenses that you're going to come up against. Look, I know the Vikings have a good offense, but I don't trust their quarterback, so he can always make a mistake. But I think other than that, I think overall, like the defense isn't going to get completely outmatched. And this offense is starting to get better. This offense is starting to carry this team. And I think that's really, really important as we go in here. Like, I, like, I, I love Jalen Waddle. I love the way Tyreek Hill plays. I like the way their offensive system works. But the Dolphins are still one of those weird teams to where they've been playing in the Miami Heat for the last while. And it's probably going to be fucking cold when it comes to the game. So, like, it's, Dolphins it's, don't like the cold. Dolphins don't like the cold, man. They no, don't do well. They, they don't, but like, there's things like this where you can see where I think this Bears team can kind of surpass some people's expectations for this week to the point of where I think everybody's expecting a really, really bad performance on defense. I think the defensive players know that they have to show a little bit of pride after the way they performed against Dallas because really, like, we can say all this all that we want we can say like how great Roquan Smith is and stuff but he was part of that defense that could not stop Dallas and it was the one of the points and I know we kind of disagreed on some points of it of of a Tony but for me I was just like I've seen some shit defenses in my time I've seen ones where they've been not good in terms of the personnel hasn't been good but it doesn't get to a point of where every it seems like they just no matter what they try they can't stop anybody and I think when that happens, your pride gets hurt a little bit. And these guys are going to have to step up. They're going to have to perform because if they don't and they and they concede another 40-something points, there's going to be a hell of a lot of pressure on the defensive players on this football team because at the end of the day, there's only a couple of them that are set for the future for this team. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what we're able to do against the Dolphins because, look, you should be outmatched because they have one of the – more stacked offenses in the league. So the expectations are pretty low on some of these guys, but I think if they come together as a unit, I actually think it might work because I think in terms of the other linebackers that we have on this team, I think they were kind of 
pigeonholing Roquan into a position that maybe Mick Morrow would have preferred to be playing in. And also, when you bring in a guy like Sam Borner, you mentioned Tony Sterling Weatherford. I don't even know if he'll kind of be the guy to come in. It might be like Joe Thomas or something like that that will get his opportunities this week. But the one thing we've always said is, and actually Brilliant someone mentions it, is that Matt Eberflus has had defenses where there hasn't been big name players. It's they work within the system. And you need to make sure that it works in that way. And look, you mentioned it, and Roquan Smith is a phenomenal football player, but not every player fits every single scheme. I know people want to say, oh, just because he, he's a superstar linebacker that he can fit whatever scheme well it's just not true because defense is playing different ways and if you play in a defense that caters to your strengths you clearly are a better suited to that defense doesn't mean that Roquan Smith is not a good football player he's an excellent football player but you just have to look at the games this year compared to last year like at the end of the day he struggled in some of the games this year and I don't know is it just that he didn't have the complete open space that he was having before because Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman was in front of him to where they were taking up a lot of those blocks and he was actually freer to kind of diagnose what is happening because it's, I guess, a clearer picture for him. And then he just gets to use that speed running downhill to stop defenders or that he's able to go sideline to sideline because he doesn't have to worry about different blockers. It just seemed like it within this system he was slow off what he was doing and he was thinking more than what we saw when we were playing in that kind of Vic Fangio style of a three, four, because he just seemed a lot freer in that. And you're going to see that again in Baltimore. He's going to be able to kind of, I think flourish there, but I think it was a move that the bears have to do. And maybe sometimes we always say that sometimes when you subtract someone, you actually add to the sum of the parts and, I think that is a genuine possibility to happen. Now, the unfortunate thing is the first test that you have is against a, a pretty elite level offense, one of the best offenses in terms of form this season. So it's going to be a really tough test, but it's one I think it's important for this defense to go through because if you get punched in the in the mouth again or kicked in the nuts and you get absolutely destroyed, and some of these guys are going to really have to start considering like what the hell is going to happen to them next year because there's not a lot of guys here that you can really say are secure for, I guess, the long period of time. And actually, Eric mentioned a really good point here in what I was saying. Like Leonard Floyd is a good example of a player flourishing in a different system. It just didn't work here. And then suddenly he gets to play in a different system or with different players, and suddenly he looks like a completely different animal. So. I, th- I think that's something that people need to realize is maybe Flus was one of the reasons why Roquan did get traded. Maybe he didn't want to keep him and maybe he actually said he doesn't fit my scheme. And I think that's the, maybe that's the reason they didn't give him that contract extension at the start or didn't go harder for him because maybe Flus was like, I don't need this guy in, in my defense. I can find somebody that does that role exactly how we want. Yeah. I also, I also think that, you got you got to look at this defense, and yeah, you're right. If they put up a hell of a lot of points this weekend, then questions are going to be asked. But up to this point, 
it wasn't the defense that we were worried about. It wasn't even the defense we were talking about at the start of the year. Start of the year was all about getting Justin weapons around him, getting getting positive st- plays out of Justin and seeing, making sure that he is the quarterback that we all hoped and, th- and now think he is, or thought he was, sorry. And I just think that this defense, I'm hoping that last week was just a an example of when it goes horribly wrong, what can happen. And using that, as all the defensive coaches going, if we are not on our game, that'll happen next week. That'll constantly happen every week if we're not on our game. So I get your point that if we ship 35, 40 points again this weekend, which this Miami offense can do, can score quick, we're in trouble. But I actually feel that Eberflus will will come up with something that is different again going into this game. I just, I don't explain it better than I am, but I just feel it's not as doom and gloom about this defense as what a lot of fans have taken after the game. And I get it. Every time Dallas went down the field, they scored. Every time they looked like they were going to do it, they, they did that. And everyone went into meltdown after the after the Dallas game. And I get that. I understand why people would look at it that way. But my head was going, yeah, hopefully that's a bad example. But remember the week before or the week before that, we even even going back to the Minnesota game where the where Vikings scored a crap load of points at the start and then we stopped them in the second half scoring. And and my hope is that that's what this defense is rather than the one that went down to Dallas and just fell apart. So again, that's what I'm kind of looking for. That 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 evolution of going back to where we were two, three weeks ago with this defense. I think they're an interesting sort of offense though as well, because you look at uh, Hill, who's got one nearly thousand yards this year already, um, and a couple of touchdowns. You've got Waddle, who's on nearly 800 yards already this year. But the interesting thing about Miami is they're only averaging 22 points per game over for all they've got all that offense. Like, the, the, as I mentioned already, they don't, they don't have a lot of games where they're scoring a ridiculous amount of points. And, and I, I just think it's an interesting conversation to have because, and I know there's some games that Tua wasn't playing and obviously he's looked a lot better um, recently as well. But even if you look at the games where he has actually played, he's played six games this year. Um, and two of those games he scored above 20 points. The rest of them were, were 20 or below. You know, and I don't know. And I know obviously he's playing with a bit of an injury with the concussion situation as well with, with one of those games. But I don't know. I just I, I, I just feel like if Matt Eberflus is the kind of guy that we think he is in terms of being able to organize a defense to, to play well in his system. Um, you know, we've seen the progress that Indianapolis made from when he took over to where he sort of left them defensively. Um, and, you know, the, the, I don't know, I just, I just feel like he's quite an organized guy and the sort of thing that he, he, he I feel like he, he, he plans well. Now, I know we had disagreements over the coaching last week and I thought it was more on the players than the coaching. Um, and I, I still think that um, I think that there was a lot of issues with the players, um, and, and you know there was a lot of effort problems for me as well. But the looks of it, it was plain to see. Um, if if they managed to get that shit together player wise, then you know there's a situation here where we could be one of those teams that holds Miami to 15 points again, 19, 15, 17, two games where they hold they were held to 16 points. It's not out with the realms of possibility because, as Ant says, this defense was a, a, some that we weren't worried about the defense up until last week. It was only that one game against Dallas, and we're like, Jesus Christ, they look absolutely fucking horrendous. But defensively, up to that point, we're like, we're getting by. 
the defense are doing the job and the offense are just not replying you know they're they're keeping us in games at the moment and if we had a decent offense we'd be winning we'd be five and three but now we wouldn't we wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the other way around um and now the offense is starting to emerge so all we can hope is that the defense you know bounce back as you're saying and be that 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 unit that keeps us in the games but only now we're seeing you know design quarterback runs we're seeing get the ball getting out quicker on it offense we're seeing the Bears look relatively competent in acknowledging the things that they can't do well and saying, well, we're not going to do them. We're going to do the things that we can do well because that's how we're going to win the games. Everything seems to be turning. And I, I'll still say, I know we lost last week and we lost a shit ton of points, but I still say the turning point was that New England game for everything. And, and, and I think last week defensively was a bit of an outlier. And I don't think we're going to get another 50 burgers scored against us this year. Now, if it does happen, I'll gladly hold my hands up and say, fair enough, I was wrong. But I just don't see that being a thing again. I think we can bounce back and, and make the defense, you know, functional and not not the reason why we lose games. Um, we'll wait and see what happens. But, you know, there's no doubt that Miami are a great offensive unit. But I'll have, you just have to look at the... The, the points and, and how many points have actually scored in games and it's not and I know there's situational football to take into consideration there as well um, but I don't know I'm, I'm just I'm still I'm still on a high at the moment the, the, the psychology of sport is going to be interesting this Sunday as well though and what I mean by that is if you're in the Dolphins offense and you're in their, their offensive room you're sitting there going oh they've just got rid of Roquan They've just shipped 40 million points down in Dallas. They've got rid of Robert Quinn. Oh, this is going to be brilliant. We're going to, we're going to go into Chicago and we're going to score at least 35-40. So if the Bears in the first quarter, quarter and a half, don't do that. And if if it's six, nine, ten points that we give up in the first half, for example, the psychology of sport works really big on, on that situation then. Because no matter how good you are, if you are so confident you're going to go somewhere and win and suddenly you're not pulling away the way you thought it was, it's not going the way you thought it was, and suddenly the Bears' offense is clicking that we hope it will for the third week in a row, suddenly they're going to have to go chase the game and no team is good at that, especially away from home. And again, it goes back to what I said at the start about the about the Viking comparison. They always give me the impression that they're a little bit flaky and they're a little bit, you can get at them. You can really get at them and hurt them. And and I, I I'm actually unbelievably confident that this defense going to do this weekend. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the Eva Flues thing. Maybe he's suckered me in. Maybe it's Claypool and I'm my brain has gone a bit musher. Maybe it's because I've got a baby coming next week. All those things, right, has got me to the point where I'm actually believing in my head that we're going to win this weekend. And I actually think we're going to put on a bit of a defensive, a defensive performance. I will caveat that. I need to have Kyler Gordon on the field. I need to have Eddie Jackson on the field. I need to have no injuries for us going into that whole game. Because if we get that, if we start seeing guys coming out and guys who can't play after, let's say, the first quarter and suddenly we're putting in our depth, depth pieces, then, yeah, I would be very fearful of it, it getting ugly pretty quickly. But I just, there's an optimism about me going into this. I don't know what's wrong with me. I put this on Twitter today. Why am I so optimistic about this Bears team? I actually am getting more optimistic as the week goes by. Why not, man? Why exactly. not? Yes. 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 I'm a well, fan. Got, 
Yeah. I am a fan. And by the way, whatever angle I'm sit- standing on, I saw I noticed a minute ago. Whatever angle I'm at here, it looks like I am literally Chase Capable's head, which I'm I'm quite impressed at myself. If I if I just turn, which way do I go? There, down a little bit. There, perfect. Just but, way more light skin. Oh yeah, <laughs> no comment there. But yeah, look, it's it's you got to be optimistic as a Bears fan going into this weekend. You got to look forward to it, man. It's going to be fun and. The one thing about the Dallas game that I saw on, on social media that it was like, oh, like, yeah, what do we expect this team to be? We we scored 30, we should have scored 31 points in the normal game, we would have scored 31 points. And yet and all, it was all about the defense being shit. And everything, and I, I, I get it, we weren't we were terrible, sucked completely. But we also really performed really well on the offensive side of the football. And that's, isn't that what we kind of were screaming for all this year? No. Yeah, yes. look, it, it's it's true. It's true. Um, I'm excited about the offense. Um, but like I said, I'm I try to be as down the middle as I can. And after watching the defense, they've got to prove to me that they can actually stop these t- these good teams and these good offenses. Because the Dallas Cowboys was the first like genuinely good offense we're gonna come up against. Because look, their stats weren't weren't great going into the Bears game, but as we've kind of mentioned previously, like they started getting guys back. Like obviously, you you had Dak Prescott finally being fully healthy, Michael Gallup coming back, Dalton Schultz coming back, but the Bears just couldn't stop them. And it'll be interesting to see they come up against a good Dolphins team. Tony, you rightly said it; they're not scoring like thirty or forty points a game, so. If they score 30 or 40 points against the Bears defense, well, then I think that is something that we can, I guess, we're like be concerned about for this year, but just realize that the games are just gonna have to be high scoring for the Bears to have a chance to win. And look, it's not exactly a bad thing. Like, if you get to see improvement from your young players. But in reality, if you're not winning many football games, like it's not the worst thing in the world. Like it's annoying because you want to see your team win, but like we're not going anywhere this year. Like people need to remember that. Like we are not going to the playoffs. Like I don't care if we go and win three or four games here. We're not going to the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. And I think you don't want to go to the playoffs, man. Fuck off. It's not happening. All right. (laughs) Tell me it's not happening. It's your like I I I will sing the Elmo song. On I was here. just about to say that. I was just I literally was just oh, you took the words out of my mouth. I'll pick the if we go to the playoffs, I'll bear down everybody. As I promised everyone when we hit five hundred subscribers of the Irish Bear Show, I will sing an Elmo song and tonight, live from Sweden, I will do just that. Just before the bears go and hammer the rams. <laughs> How wrong I was back then. You missed the best part. I, I start dude. Uh, yeah, it, 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 look. Listen, you, Keon, get... you're, you are singing that fucking song, by the oh, way, the, if it happens. If, if they make the playoffs this year, I will. I have, not, you, I have, get, no, I have a, no problem. Get a this duet. Season, this season. This season. Let's, I don't want any technicalities here. That means that we don't 20, make the playoffs the until 20, January. No, like, no, no. So in the, the 20, season. Yes, the, season. the 2022, this current campaign. Okay, cool. 
That's if they do that, I will I will do it because I feel that confident that they are not making the playoffs. <laughs> oh, it's... No, no, it makes an interesting point. It might only take six wins to get the seventh seed in the NFC. <laughs> he might be right. <laughs> only four to go. Only four to go. <laughs> you think the Bears are winning four more football games? <laughs> I actually think I think we'll I think we'll win at least three. Maybe. I think we win. We've got to play the Lions twice. Two more. Yeah, yeah we we'll beat them once. I, I think we'll beat the Packers. That's me. I, so I, if we beat if we beat the Packers, we can win one more game and I'll be happy. That's it. And you'll be singing. No, because we won't be in the playoffs. <laughs> Noah's point. I'm going back to Noah's point. Look, I think going into this weekend, other than me singing an Elmo song, going into this weekend. Genuine question to you, Kieran. You're always asking the questions. I'm going to ask you one back. Thank you. What honestly do you want to see this weekend? What would what would make you happy? Forget about the results. One thing. What was one thing that you would like to go? Okay, that's what I want to see going into this weekend. That's the that's the either player or position or performance is the one thing that you go. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Okay, if I'm being, I'll do a little bit of a joke one and then I'll do my serious one. My joke one is in the very first play, I wanted to see a play action bomb to chase, to chase Claypool to score a touchdown. If that happens, I can stop watching the match and I'll be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but in reality, what I want to see is I want to see a step forward for the offense. So it, like in an ideal world, I want to see the passing offense, like rack up the, the yards, rack up the points. And it would be very, very cool to see a touchdown from Chase Claypool, a touchdown from Darnell Mooney and a touchdown from Nikhil Harry. Because I think if you have a any sort of a game where you see three separate receivers on your team getting touchdowns that you feel good about going forward, I think there's going to be a little bit more confidence in this wide receiving group, considering we've been shitting on it all year. And suddenly it can take Nikhil Harry coming back from injury and trading for Chase Claypool for people to be like, well, there's three guys there that if like, for example, if Nikhil Harry scored a touchdown this weekend, well, then you have a guy that has scored a touchdown in the last two weeks. And you have someone that is kind of moving forward. You gave a seventh round pick for, and even if trading a seventh round pick for a guy that might be useful, mainly in the red zone is, is worth it. But then also you can be like, well, Byron Pringle's coming back soon. So he can be useful as a depth piece. Dante Pettis has played sufficiently well, and if he's a depth player and not one of those first three guys that you're going to rely upon, cool. And we haven't even mentioned Valus Jones Jr. Like, it would be nice to see him just, I guess, be given time to get into this offense and feel comfortable. And he becomes a bit of a weapon as well to the point of, I've now mentioned six wide receivers without talking about like Equinemius St. Brown as well, who could be part of it. And, you look at it there, and while you look at Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney, and they're the clear, like, number one and number two guys, you're now starting to see where there's a little bit of depth there where you're not going to be reliant on these guys. But if they come in and make a play here and there, you feel way more comfortable. So I think if we come out of this game against the Dolphins and I feel comfortable with the wide receiver group that we have for the remainder of the season and actually feel fairly positive about some of these guys and the potential for them to be a part of this offense going forward. I think that's what I would like to see from this game. And Tony, the same goes to you as well. Like, I mean, what is it that, that you want to see if we take, okay, take Karen's point out about the wide receivers, take, take that off. So you can't use that as the answer. What's the next thing that you want to see outside of that going into this weekend? 
Um, so I just want to see us continue to be productive offensively. And if that means Justin, Falk, Justin Fields running the ball for 82 yards, then that's what it is. Um, but more importantly, I, I just want to see the defense bounce back. Uh, I think that's a big one for, for, for this week. Um, because, you know, if you have two weeks back to back of, you know, poor performances, um, that's hard for the for the team to start getting over. Um, so, again, they always talk about, you know, starting to go 1-0, and 1-0 every week. That's what we're aiming for. So, for me, uh, the biggest thing is, you know, it'd be great if, if, if the offense go out and do this, that, and the next thing. But, see, honestly, I'd be happy for the offense to do what they're doing last week and do what they were doing the week before and just, you know, somehow get his points. But I would love for the defense to get back on, on top again um, and and to, to, you know, hold teams to, you know, 21 points or whatever and allow us to then go out there and, and, and you know, do what we've been doing offensively for the last two weeks. That's the key to winning these games is defense. I keep, I've said this every single week. If the defense do not play well, we will not win games. That's really it because we haven't been scoring enough points up until this point. Um, and it just so happens that when we start scoring points, that the defense start giving up even more fucking points than they had before. So, yeah, defensively, that's what it's that's what it's got to come this week. We've got to have a bounce back week. What about you, Ant? Yeah, I think there's a few things I'd, I'd like to see. If you're looking at defense, I'd like to see Dominic Robinson, and I think it was Matt said it there, multiple Robinson sacks. I'd like to see more from Dominic Robinson. I, I just I really really like that kid, and I want to see a little bit more from him. And offensively on the football, this is the opportunity for Darnell Mooney to shut a lot of people up. With 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 Claypool in and with not just Claypool, now everyone's gonna be looking at Harry and everyone's looking at, at um St. Brown and even even Komet starting, he was he even scored a touchdown, but Komet getting more involved. I think this opens Mooney up and Let's not forget the relationship between Fields and Mooney is very, very good. And Mooney is slowly, as the offense has got better, the last two weeks Mooney has also got better. Some of, it, some of his route running, some of his catches has, have definitely improved as we're, as we're going through with the offense, which makes sense. He's your main wide receiver before Claypool was signed. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing what that does. Uh, I'm with I'm with Karen. I, I'd love to see just an absolute bomb. Imagine Soldier Field if they do a bomb. To First play. First play. First. That's it. Like, if, they, if they did something, that would be insane. But but also, I just want to see that consistent improvement. And Seth said it in the chat as well. White hair back in. What does that mean for the for the, for the O-line? Because white hair before he got injured was doing actually okay. And so looking forward to seeing what, what that does. It's development to that. It's it's running the football. It's Justin getting more comfortable in what Getsy is telling him to do. That there's another step forward. The big thing for Justin last week is that he was playing in a team that was conceding points all over the place, but he was keeping us in the game, and he was keeping us in the game. We're we're in or in or about or coming into the third quarter. There was, I think it was at one point we got it down to five, and you're like, okay, this is this is the chance to to kick on. And unfortunately, the defense let him down. Openly, honestly, say that. But it's that next step for this week. I want him to do that again, where it's where it's him taking the team on, on his back. But this time, when he throws the ball wide open down the field, you're hoping that somebody actually has the ability to catch the ball. So so that's where that's where it is. I think we can afford to not have to depend on Dante Pettis, not have to depend on even Valus Jones. And I get I get your point, Karen, about getting him involved. But sometimes when when kids make or rookies make mistakes, 
on a constant basis week after week, it's not the worst thing in the world to just have them sit for a couple of weeks and just let them be brought back in at their own speed and their own pace. But that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I also just, my first thought was, oh God, I'm, I'd love to be there. We were there for Washington. It was amazing. I'd love to be there this Sunday. Anyone that's going to the game this Sunday, are even thinking about going to the game, you have a ticket, you don't know where you're going to go, go. It's an experience. And I think this weekend, if they throw the clay pool <laughs> to get there early, um, I think the place is going to go off. And, and this, this team and this fan base is just waiting or something like that to, to, to kick it on. So hopefully that's if, something. If Claypool scores a touchdown this weekend, I guarantee you like everybody's going to like go online and start ordering all these Chase Claypool Bears jerseys if they haven't already. It's look, it's going to be really interesting as we as we go along. And I do want to answer one of the questions here. Um, so Sophisticated Thoughts says, uh, I read earlier that Tevin Jenkins had back issues so he didn't practice. Is Leatherwood now available to play if needed? That was yesterday that Tevin Jenkins was limited, but he actually was a full participant in practice today. So my guess is he might have like had a little tweak or something here or there, but it's more likely just to be one of those precautionary things if he's been back fully today. So he will play. Um, there's a very, very good chance that Cody Whitehair will also play at the weekend. So you could have almost your starting offensive line because look, Larry Boren won't play because he's still ha- he's still in the concussion protocol. Um, I think Riley Reef will continue to play at right tackle. And I know there's some people that I know there's guys in the chat that are mentioning Dieter Iceland. Look, it's gonna be Sam Mustafer. I'm like, guys, we need we need to know what's happening here. The only way Sam Mustafer is not playing is if it's Lucas Patrick or if he ends up getting injured. So, look, he's going to be playing. It's going to be Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, Tevin Jenkins, and Riley Reef. Um, and they, they're just going to have to do a good job. And we have to remember the Miami Dolphins did make the bigger trade of the trade deadline where they signed Bradley Chubb from uh, the Denver Broncos and they paid him a hell of a lot of money today. So he's going to want to make an impression as well. The Bears are going to need to do a pretty good job of trying to silence him. They did a pretty good job of limiting um, Micah Parsons. Now, I know he made a couple of really good plays, but it wasn't where he completely wrecked the game. Um, so I think the Bears are going to have to do that. Obviously, the running game has to be on point as well. Like Armstrong needs to be really, really good at in there. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, brilliant. That was brilliant. If he yeah. if he's not on, he's on the game. We've got no I, I, I mentioned this. If the Bears do not put Armstrong on the back of his jersey. They are missing a trick. Just for for like a quarter. It would be so funny. But also the fact that they didn't even spell Montgomery's name right themselves a couple of weeks back. It was Montgomery. So like, I agree with you. Montgomery got traded to the LA Rams. He did. And then we, 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 we we took Armstrong in his place. And yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm all, I think that's a great idea, Karen. I'm all for Armstrong 32. Or even, I'd love to see some Bears fans. I guarantee you they've done it. It's gone out and bought a 32 jersey with Armstrong on the back. I guarantee you they've got to do that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting. I think this weekend is, and and, it, and the great thing about where we are at the moment is it matters, but it doesn't matter. I.e. What matters more is is that we have to do it. You look what's happening in other parts of our division. You take away Minnesota, you're looking at Detroit being Detroit, and then you're looking at the the Packers having a little bit of a meltdown. And and where we are sitting right now, 
compared to where we were all told we were going to be sitting at the start of the year, it's quite good. It's quite nice after eight games. Uh, we're looking at a situation where we can see the depth coming through. We, we've confidence in what we're trying to do on not the field. And we just want it now to push on again. What would be disappointing, obviously, this weekend is if we don't perform an offense and, and Justin is, is hesitant behind behind the line and, and our defense gets shredded. That's obviously the step back that we don't want to have. But as long as we have another progressive game and what we've done the last two weeks, the result will be the result. And and that's that's being completely honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I think it's definitely an interesting game to to go into. I I honestly can't wait for for it just to just to be able to see can they build on the last couple of performances. Um, so I think it would be it'll be interesting to see. Um, Eric mentions here, Flues confirmed that they took a timeout to get Dieter into the game last week to get him a few reps. Yeah, look, still. You have a guy that's been playing multiple games this season. I don't think you're just going to shove a guy in that has had a few reps at the end of a game that doesn't really matter anymore because you've lost. Like at the end of the day, Trevor Simeon was in there at the end of the game as well. So, like, I just, I just think that people believing that Sam Mustafer may not be playing at the weekend are kind of gone a little bit far because for me, I, th- I think he definitely is. Um, look, one of the questions that we have this as, um, one of the topics in the title of the video um, and it'll be the last question that we have about Chase Claypool before we go through a couple of the grades um, that we are going to do for some of the players halfway through the season here um, and that's the question is can Chase Claypool be a superstar wide receiver now when we talk about that we we always think of these guys as like the DK Metcalf that he can go up and get it. And when your quarterback needs somebody to make a play, he just gives that ball to him and, and goes. He obviously in his first year coming down with nine touchdowns, nearly 900 yards. I know there's a big thing on yardage in terms of getting over a thousand yards receiving and all that sort of stuff. And it's a passing league, but and I'll, I'll pose this to you guys. Do you believe that Chase Claypool has at least the traits to become a superstar wide receiver because we have to remember he is still only 24 years of age so he came into the league at a very very young age to the point of i know we kind of joke about it but he's a year younger than bayless jones jr who's a rookie and at the end of the day he's coming into now his what is it it's the end of his third year now in the league so he came in when he was about 21 so do you guys believe that he has those traits to become that, I guess, how people like to say, the prototypical kind of superstar receiver in the league? Yes, he does. He, he's he got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the strength, he's got the attitude. Um, he's shown that he can be effective and productive. He's shown that the stage isn't too big for him, for him in his first year in the league. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all set up there for him to do it. It's just a case of of actually going out there and and sort of doing it, you know. Like, and and he's got to have the right situation. He's got to have the right coaches around about him as well. And I think the wide receivers room at the Bears um, and and Tyke Tolbert and, and guys like that, are, you know, he's going into a, a good scenario, I think, and a. a, a you know, I, I I just feel like he wasn't being he's not being used properly by Pittsburgh this year, um, and also the fact that the quarterback situation has been 
horrendous there for the last kind of two and a half years. So yeah, all the tools are there and everything's set up for success. It's just, you know, he just has to do it. So, you know, and I'll go, go back to what I said when Nukil Harry came back from his injury is like, you know, don't expect huge things right away. You know, it's a lot of pressure on. He's he's a kid. He's twenty four years old, and fair enough, he has been in the league for for least for you know three years now. But you know, don't don't put loads of pressure on the guy, and you know it'll happen when it happens. Um, don't if we if he doesn't play a lot this weekend, don't come down on the coaches for that. The reason why he wouldn't play a lot this weekend is because he's still learning the playbook. He's still learning the gel. Um, you know, so let let's just wait and see what happens, but. We have to look at this as a long-term thing, as we keep saying. And long-term-wise, it sets up well that he can be a success. Um, but don't write him, write him off if he has a couple of bad games to start his Bears career off, or he doesn't have as big an impact as you think he might be. You, you want him to make right away. You know, I know, Kieran, you want to have um, you know, play-action bomb. First play. Field, first play. First play. You know, and and to be honest with you, like. It, that's not going to happen. Like, yes, it fucking it's not, is. It's not <laughs> you're, you, it is. You've, you've more chance of singing the Elmo song before the end of the season. So, uh... what what I, what I will say, Tony, on, on that is, I think if you're if you're Claypool coming to Chicago, you're looking at this as going, yeah, I will be the man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm in a big I'm in the I'm in the big place. I'm in the city of 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 fans. Will love me if I'm if I am what I think I am, and he and he comes across as that confident guy, and that's what I kind of meant when I was talking about having like Saint Brown and Cole Komet in in or around him as well, which makes him feel comfortable and makes him feel loved. I think even Komet said that his house is finishing soon and that that uh, Clayble's going to move in with him or something like that. But it's just that whole feeling that will make this guy feel special. And with wide receivers like that, the ego is usually very very high. And if you can get a wide receiver feeling special, then his his the attributes are all there, the ability is all there, the, the opportunity is all there, and and he's had this opportunity. I think for him is is going to be one that he should flourish. And I really believe that Justin Fields and 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 Claypool are going to be are going to be. A, a, you're going to hear a lot of Fields to Claypool um, over the next couple of years in Chicago. I just feel these guys are going to really grow into something quite special that we haven't had in a long, long time. And I think, personally, he has all the attributes. I'm with you, Tony. I'm terrified. you got to remember, like all this season has been proven. When guys have come, on off, come off IR or just been signed, these coaches, they don't play them that much. So don't expect that much from, from Claypool week one. But it'll be the next week and the week after. <laughs> it'll be the week after and the week after that that it'll, that'll really kind of kick in. And I'm uh, I'm I'm intrigued to to see what it what what's going to be. And it's going to open up other players. We've spoken about before. <laughs> it's okay. He's going to go on bomb that man. Jesus, but it's it's going to show a lot more element of everybody else's game is going to come up to it as well. And suddenly a wide receiver room. There isn't an argument anymore, by the way, but the wide receiver room. In Chicago versus the wide receiver room in Green Bay. Not wide even receiver room in Green Bay. Exactly. <laughs> Look, it's it's going to be interesting to see what I guess what's going to materialize here. Yeah, look, it's you'll probably see Claypool do like specific things where it doesn't take too much complexity. 
in terms of what he's going to be running. They'll get him part of the game plan a little bit. But I think it'll take kind of two or three weeks before he gets really into the swing of things, which just happens to be just in time for the Green Bay Packers game at Soldier Field. So that would be uh, what how great that would be if that was the game that he completely went off. That would be a load of fun. Um, but yeah, look, I think overall it's looking at this game, I think this is, like I said, one of the games where I don't feel confident about the actual of winning this game, but I'm actually excited to watch it um, and seeing what this team can do. Because look, the defense is a little bit unknown with losing Roquan and losing Quinn. And then the offense is just getting better and better each week. And if they can keep building on that, I think that's one of the positives as we kind of head towards this game this week and kind of moving on to the next couple of weeks where we get to play some of our rivals or get to play some games where realistically, and we spoke about it, Tony, before, there is an opportunity to win or at least where it's not one of those where you feel like, it's going to be a tough road to win this football game. There are still a couple of games out there where the Bears can end up winning those games. And if they do, great. If they don't, well, it's fine. You're still going to be able to improve your, your draft stock at this point in time. So I don't. I think it's a win-win. I love watching my team win, so I will never be complaining with us winning because it affects our draft position. But if you lose, well, look, it still benefits you this offseason. So I think regardless of what happens this year, as long as Fields is developing, as long as this team young players are getting better i think that's the most important thing and with that we do want to finish the show today doing some of our mid-season grades because we are at the halfway point of the season it used to be easier it used to be eight and eight but now it's eight and nine so we'll, we're gonna do it now because we have a little bit of time before we finish the show today and it's i'm gonna go to the fans first and we're gonna break it down um into three different sections okay so the first section, we're going to focus on the rookies. The second section, we're going to focus on the kind of rest of the team in terms of the established players. And then we will focus on the coaching. Okay, so with the rookies, now I only put in um, three names, but then I put in kind of other and let people kind of comment. Um, so I think this one is a very obvious one. The question was, which rookie have you been most impressed with at the halfway point of the season? With 90.8%, it's been Jaquan Brisker. Um, 7.1 was Braxton Jones. 1.8 was Kyler Gordon. And 0.3 uh, was Other. And on those... Um, <laughs> okay, someone put the punter in. No, they did not put the, they did not, <laughs> they did not put the punter in. Um, one, one of the guys said, Braxton Jones is a fifth rounder, has played extremely well. Brisker has the potential to be an all-pro safety with his level of play. Kyler is getting better each week. The only disappointment so far has been Valus Jones. Um, my favorite comment, it comes from, I love the name as well, Bill Tickston. Um, it, it's one word, Armstrong. But I guess one other player that we can kind of mention, and I'll, I'll let you guys kind of, talk through some of these guys but also Dominique Robinson I think you have to mention him I think he's been legitimately someone that he's one of the reasons why they feel comfortable in moving on from Robert Quinn I think if Dominique Robinson wasn't ready I don't think there's a hope in hell that he is gonna be replaced or he gets traded 
so I think he's played quite well. He's made good plays. He's been a bit of a liability against the run at times because he's more of trying to, I guess, to find his pass rush moves and stuff. And it takes a little bit of time to get to learn both aspects of the game, but he is improving as well. So look, and as Tony's kind of offer a little bit here, um, I'm going to let you go first. So I guess, which players have you been most impressed with and who do you want, what player do you want to see more from? I think Kyler Gordon was a bit unfair on the 1.8%. Um, because people keep forgetting he's had to learn two positions um, rather than anything else. And I think Brisker, while being obviously the, the most impressive rookie, it helps when Eddie Jackson is there helping you along the way. And again, I say this, it's unbelievable after the last three years I've given the abuse to Eddie Jackson. And I'm saying this, but Brisker's got massive help from having Eddie Jackson there beside him. I think for me, Kyler Gordon is is someone that's got better better and there was a massive worry when he got picked on in like three games in a row it was a massive worry about what what he was going to be and i think he's proven people in the last couple of weeks like most other people have that he's got that ability maybe not in the last couple of weeks but definitely in the last even the washington game he, he performed quite well so it's 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 that one that, that i'm that i'm intrigued in to see how, how further forward he goes dominic robinson yep i agree i agree with that i'd like to see a little bit more of ebner going into the last couple of weeks just to see what what he can bring and Phelous Jones, I think, is on is is because of his punt returning. Yeah. Um, I think he gets he gets badly put, and he's he's had one bad drop. But some of the some of the plays when he has got the ball in his hands has been quite electric, and you can see why there's a that there's a player there if you can if you can work on work on certain things. And he's got a lot of work. Of all the rookies, probably got the most work on to do. But um, Braxton Jones, a good show. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. I think to go in at left tackle and, and around around five pick and and not being someone that going, oh God, he's got killed again. I think, yeah, he's been beaten by a couple of people, but not by everybody. And I think that's definitely something that um that that I'm I'm intrigued to see what the what the rookies have done and, and going forward, what they can do for the rest of this season, but then going into next year. Whether whether we say Braxton Jones is our legitimate left tackle going into next season. The next nine games will prove that, yay or nay. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that as well. I think Braxton Jones has is, is been one of the encouraging... I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say he's been a shining star or anything like that, but it's encouraging the fact that you can get a guy and slot him in at that position uh, and, the, and the, the coaching and the front office staff feel very comfortable with that, you know. And it, arguably, he's not been terrible. I mean, he's a, he's a rookie who's played at a certain level and he's come into the NFL to play left tackle. Um, and you, you've seen him sort of play as you would expect him to play, to be honest with you. Um, but you can also see that sort of raw talent. He's got the size. He's got the maneuverability as well. So I think, you know, long term, he could be the guy. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they think in the off season. But, you know, he can't go past Brisker as being the best kind of rookie. I mean, that yeah. that's... I mean, there's no competition really, and 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 it's it's no offense to Kyler Gordon at all because Kyler Gordon's have to, had to learn two positions since he started here, um, and you know he's he's had more of an adjustment. You know, playing cornerback is arguably more difficult than playing in the strong safety or free safety positions because they've been switching around there as well. But you know, um, so he's had he's had more of a difficult time of it long term. I think Kyler Gordon will eventually kind of blossom and into an impact player you've already seen it over the last two three weeks he's he's getting he's getting better and better um but it was easier for joe Brisker to make an impact um but that didn't mean to say that it, you know it was it was always going to happen he's been out there and he's shown 
the drive and determination and 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 the skill set to to go, to make an impact. And he's 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 everywhere you look on the field. He's there every time there's a defensive play. He is in the middle of the scrum, you know, and and and, and the wrestling match that's going on somewhere, you know. So yeah, he's by far and away the the best. Um, based on this year's performance, he's been the best rookie. Yeah, completely agree. I think it's. I think other guys have had good performances, but I think he's been the most consistent and the one that looks like a legitimate playmaker every single time he's out there. Um, so with that, one of the other questions that we asked people in terms of for the midway grades was in relation to the coaching staff. Um, so made it very simple. So what grade would you give the coaching up to week eight? And then I also asked people to comment why. Uh, we had 361 votes on this. Um, we had 28.8% giving Eberflus and his staff an A. We had 64% a B, 7.2% a C. And the interesting one for other was 0%. So overall, a fairly positive outlook of this coaching staff. Some of the comments that were in here, um, Jason says, I gave them an A. They are growing and I see it. The, they make adjustments. Players are improving. They're getting maximum effort and fight out of the players. Coaching was always going to be the X factor, and it is showing. Just need more talent on the roster. Um, Jarrett says, I'd say A minus B plus. They have little talent to work with, but are still playing super competitive. I just want to see how good we'd be with more talent. Um, next one says, the Eberflu's intensity is so great. It's fantastic to see these players actually try, especially Eddie Jackson. Eberflu saw him slacking in practice on day one and had him run laps really makes any player we get a good player. Uh, ben says B, because they started slow but have visibly improved every week in every aspect. Miles, who listens to the show quite often, I know he always kind of um, is in the chat, he said, ability to adjust not only in games but overall scheme, maximizing the player strengths. Um, we have They make adjustments at halftime, and one of the other people said they're actually fun to watch. So those are some of the comments that different Bears fans have said about this coaching staff. So just to end the show um, today in the second part of the show, anyway, that we've done, um, I'm going to ask you guys for two questions. Number one is what grade would you give the coaching staff? And then the last kind of question that I asked people to kind of comment on, which again, I was a little surprised of how positive people were. And it was really, finally, how positive are you right now as a Bears fan for the rest of the season and heading into 2023. Now, I never thought that we would get this because there was like 285 votes and normally there's a big mix here. Positive, 83.9%. Negative, 0.7. Waiting for 2023 to judge, 15.4. Shape bags. Yeah. Imagine but not what? just picking one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on the fence, guy. I think I think I, I, that's bullshit. I totally agree with you. Um, the thing I, the thing I'll say about it, it couldn't be much worse than the previous coaching ticket. So they're being judged on something that was absolutely shitfire. So so in that sense, they've got a, a little bit lucky in in what they have. I I just like the way they've gone about their business, and I mean that in the way of exclude the Dallas game. 
but how they've they, the defensive side of the football had tried to change stuff up at halftime and tried to really kind of develop that going into the third quarter. Remember the last coaching tickets third quarter? We never scored ever. We just didn't score again a point in the third quarter with our last coaching ticket. I also think you're throwing in the the front office and some of the stuff that's there. I think Cunningham doesn't get the the due due response or due respect is the wrong word. I don't know what it is for what he's been doing as well silently in the background. I think him working with with polls has created a lot of a lot of good stuff and 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 then polls going to talk to the crowd and talk to the the press and being more accessible. I mean, explaining the reasons why they've made decisions. And exact that is there you go right there. They are now like a professional football organization. The coaching guys, I would have given them a grade of B. And the reason I give them a grade of B is because there's still stuff in there that that I that I don't like. Like last week against Dallas, forget about the defensive sort of thing. We had a scenario again where we didn't touch a guy down and he went and scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's that happened. Right. And and that's that's something that needs to be addressed again. We've had situations where Mistakes on both sides of the football have happened. We've we've had play calling from Getsy that is questionable at certain points this year. Let's be honest. I like Luke Getsy, I really do. I think he's going to be really, really good for this offense. But some of the play calling has been poor at some points of games and important points of games. And he's first year play calling. He's going to learn. That's fine. That's why I have it as a B. But going, I am all in on the positive train going into the rest of this season, but also going into twenty twenty three. Because for once, we've got a GM that's not going to absolutely shit the bed with the money he has and just start giving it to all these players because they're nice guys and their 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 personalities are cool. We've got people who are making decisions that's the best for Chicago Bears football. And again, to quote Matt, again, they are now like a professional football organization. And I'm proud going forward to see what these guys can do. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Coaching, uh, I gave a, a, a B plus to the coaching because at the end of the day, we've the basis, as you mentioned, the basis of comparison is is the coaching setup we've had for the last few seasons, which was a shambles, an utter shambles. You know, the fact that they used to come out with, you know, the first couple of, um, you know, you know the, the first drive, they would have that, and then that would be it. You know, there'd be nothing else. You know, but these guys look like they're clearly thinking about the situation, clearly making adjustments when need to be made. Fair enough, adjustments are happening in the second half. It'd be great to have them happen a bit earlier. Um, but again, you've got pretty much a rookie head coach. You've got a rookie offensive coordinator as well. They're, 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 everybody's sort of learning as they go. Um, but I think that the team are entirely bought into this organization and they're totally bought, bought into what the coaches are preaching. Um, and I think that shows on the field and as you said before, and you know, what will this team look like when they have real proper talent playing at, at some of these positions? Um, so, you know, all kudos to the to the coaches to be able to do that. In terms of the front office, I gave them a B minus. Um, and the only reason I gave them a B minus is because the there's a lot of moves that they're making just now that are we'll wait and see moves. You know, um, and it really, I mean, it's all they can do really is make the wait, wait and see moves. Um, you know, ideally, I would have liked to have seen the offensive line and the defensive line have been beefed up a bit more. Um, but, you know, they're, they're working with what they had. Um, it's, it's probably a harsh to give them a B minus, you know, but again, I, I don't want to jinx them and build everybody up too much either. So I'm being realistic here. 
and saying that, you know, they're... I think the important thing is you have to compare it with what we've had before. And compared with what we had before, a B- minus is a very, very good score. You know, A's and A-pluses are teams that win Super Bowl. You know, so um, so I think that's respectable considering um, where we are and where we've been. Yeah, look, uh, absolutely. Look, it's going to be interesting to see how how this shapes up as we move forward. We have nine more games, a couple of winnable games coming up. And look, I'm excited as a Bears fan to kind of see what this offense can show, see what some of the young players can show, because sometimes that's the important thing when you know it's not a season where you're expected to really compete to not only make the playoffs but be successful in the playoffs so look it's there's a lot to be positive about and i think that's that's the biggest change in the fan base i think over the last week these moves have actually made people more positive about this team and it's it's nice because it gets annoying after a while of having to constantly see all the negative talks we've seen it even just on the show from this week all the guys that have been in the comments we can we can tell the we can gauge the level of what the fan base is like based on the interaction we get on on the different shows because look it's tough for people we we talk about it all the time we love listening to all different bears content not just our own but others and when you're losing it's tough it's really tough to consume everything because you hate hearing about how your team sucks in this way and sucks in that way but when they start making positive moves it gets exciting again and that's why i said at the beginning that it seems like this is the turning point it seems like this is like a precursor to what we're going to see in the off season and it's something that i'm really excited about but look guys it's been it's been great even though we've had to split this video into two and <laughs> um, it was a crazy day um it's been a crazy it's been a crazy week yeah adam's adam's lucky that we got we went past the trade deadline so he still will be on the roster for at least the next nine <laughs> games of the season um but look it look we we kid we kid we love adam but like if you have listened to the second part you haven't seen the first part first part's all about kind of the free the sorry not free agent moves the trade moves we spoke a lot about chase claypool so if you've tuned into this one you've seen kind of the preview here about the dolphins game you can go back to the other one and have a look at what we were talking about for the players. This one is more the Dolphins preview and some of our grades for, for, I guess, up to the halfway point of the season. So even though we've split it up into two, it might make it easier for some of you guys to kind of go and watch the video based on whatever the topics that you really want to see. Um, look, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll update you guys on whatever the next videos are because we've done quite a lot this week and, especially with the trade deadline and when it comes to sunday we're gonna just all enjoy the game we will update you on if there's any videos and stuff coming that day but we will definitely have a couple coming next week because it's again it's going to be exciting with some of these games coming up so look if you guys are listening to this on youtube please do like the video please do subscribe if you are not subscribed already share it with your friends or family share it with anybody on social media that's a bears fan that has not listened to the irish bear show because we want to get everybody involved. We like seeing all the comments. We like answering all your questions. And look, we're only a couple of weeks away from when we really do get into some of the interesting stuff as well after this season is over. And who else will the Bears be adding? But for now, we get to enjoy 
Justin Fields, the development of this offense, and what we can look forward to moving forward to when we we should be kind of competing again. And that is exciting as a Bears fan that we can kind of see it's starting to tick up a little bit. And I think that's really important. If you're listening to us over on audio, um, please give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Um, Part three of this starts in three weeks' time, hopefully. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's crazy. But look, guys, we really appreciate you um, tuning in. If you tune in for both parts, you guys are legends because the first part was probably enough and we're like, screw it, we had more to talk about, so let's just do part two. and uh, Let's just go straight on. We're already here. Let's do it. Um, but look, first of all, I want to give it give the floor open for Aunt Tony. Look, it's been a great week. I want to thank you guys for, for joining the show today, even though joining both parts of the show and not having to leave everybody hanging halfway through. Well, look, it's it's been it's been a great time. Anthony, thank you for joining. Tony, thank you as well. We will be back very soon with our next videos. And realistically, until next time, all we can say is bear down. Bear, bear down. down.